Hello and welcome to another Modern Commerce Talks from Aventia. I'm your host, Jack Stratton from Insider Trends, and delighted to be joined again by Heather Miller, Senior Strategy Consultant at Optimizely. Hello again, Heather. Hi, nice to be back. <laughs> yeah, lovely to see you again. And uh, we had a super interesting chat last time, um, and I learned a lot, certainly, about um, why, um, why experimentation is so important. Um, we started to deal with some of those elements, I think, for, I guess, decision makers and people who are trying to influence other colleagues and people they work with about the value and the importance of experimenting, which is great. Um, but for this, I think the natural kind of progression, in that one, I thought it'd be really nice to chat about what it actually takes to build a successful program of experimentation from a tactical side. So I think we'll launch this one with that question. What does it take, Heather, to build a program of experimentation? Yeah, no, so that is a, uh, yeah, a great question. Um, so I guess at a high, on a high level, what you need is um, time, people. We, we kind of, I guess we think about them as as pillars and foundations. So when, when I work with customers and different organizations and business and, and kind of guide them through this process of where to start and where you'd like to be, the key kind of pillars to think about are time, people, skill set, technology, process, and your business strategy, but also your culture. These are all the kind of uh, really important things at a really, I guess, high level, what you need to think about. To kind of break into those a little deeper, um, you need, uh, for example, if we think about uh, people, you need to be able to get the right people in the role who are hungry for experimentation, who really are open to a test and learn mindset. It can be really easy to be stuck in your ways and that can also be a blocker if you're not willing to change the culture. Um, you know, when it comes to um, time, I think it's the business accepting that an experimentation program isn't something which is gonna happen overnight. Um, it takes sometimes months or even years to be able to build up to a, a point where you're actually uh, working in a in a fluid manner. You're able to capture insights and able to run at a, at a steady pace and have your technology fully integrated. It, it all takes a lot of time. And so it's really thinking about, am I prepared to dedicate a couple of months or, or a couple of years to getting it right? Um, Technology as well, you need the right technology in place. Um, and then processes, also really important. You have ways of working today. That is very likely going to have to change to improve and incorporate um, experimentation practices. So I think initially, before kind of diving into some of those at a high level, these are the kind of things you have to, on the outset, think about and be prepared to be flexible on and think about how do I tackle these? How do I manage expectations across the board? And what do I need to start with, basically? Mm. And what, um, I guess, along those lines, what are, what are the kind of most common pitfalls that you see when people start building these programs? Yeah, so um, some of the main uh, pitfalls is is when you don't think about these things or, you know, everyone's really rearing up to go and I want to just launch a test and get started. Um, I would say uh, the kind of disconnect from a, a leadership level uh, to the kind of the doers, the, the, the people who are actually running the experiments and building them, there has to be... Um, 
matched expectations about what are we actually delivering um what what is a realistic velocity target for example in the time frame that you have so if you think about you're starting out you're very unlikely going to be able to run a hundred tests a month but often you see that at a leadership level they're so keen to to get that roi that there is that unrealistic expectation set on the team to run loads of tests this is an immediate potential for fail and a pitfall because it's just not realistic. You have to be able to set um, realistic velocity targets to be able to scale over time. So starting small, thinking about what you'd like to get to. Um, I think I, I talked a little bit about pressure to deliver ROA quickly, which is a very common one. Um, I think mm. that can be achieved, but again, in a very controlled and concise manner where the tests and experiments you are coming up with will aim to deliver value. I've seen um, businesses um, meet their ROI targets by running one experiment. You know, they they have made, they have paid for Optimizely or whichever tool twice over by running one experiment. So if you take the time to do it right, it can be done. Um, another one is failed tests are demonized, which is very common. Failure, no one likes failure. Um, failure is a is a dirty word. And I think in our industry, we really need to move away from that. We need to accept failure and embrace it as a learning. If you don't fail, you're not going to improve. And there are many, many leaders out there in the tech space who are, are so successful because they fail fast and they learn from their failures. It is an insight. And that's really what you're after. Um, quick on that, I find that so interesting. There's probably more like you probably see more failures than successes, right? Because that's kind of part of the, that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. I think a couple of years ago, we did a sort of uh, benchmark for, for, for Optimizely at least, uh, where we could kind of see what percentage of experiments from customers do fail. Um, it, it is, I think it was maybe 80%, as high as 80% at one point. And that isn't a bad thing. That just means that you're learning, you're not going to repeat that same mistake again, what your customers don't like, what doesn't work. Um, you know, that kind of feeds into your program overall and how you think about, uh, okay, well, we need to, how do we capture these insights and and feed that into future experiences? Yeah, it's so interesting that. And um, yeah, and, and, and also, I suppose, off the back of some of these, I'm sure there's, there's tons of pitfalls actually, but off the back of some of these, um, you know, what what are some of the things that it takes? You know, what what are the kind of um, uh, the the elements of experimentation that are absolutely fundamental that again mm -hmm. probably um, lead to pitfalls when they're not realised? Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, I would say from the outset, we usually encourage businesses to think about um, what is achievable today. We talked a little bit about velocity and win rate, learning rate, uh, you know, wins and losses. Think about, um, uh, yeah, a realistic velocity target based on your maturity. So you can over time build on that. Um, look at your processes today and almost do a bit of an audit to say, how quickly can we really move with testing? Testing takes time. You need to build experiments. You need to design them. You need to analyze them. Uh, what does your release cycle look like, for example, today? Are you able to 
release things quickly? Are you able, you know, is that going to take some time? Um, so again, think about all of your workflows across all of your teams. What is realistic in terms of how quickly you can move and the time that those teams can spend on testing if you don't have dedicated resource yet. Um, think about what you're hoping to achieve. Um, potentially even assign a designated program manager, which is a really big one. A lot of businesses are actually starting to do this. I've seen it in the job markets, which is really great. It's so crucial. It's not necessarily someone who's doing the building and the analyzing, but someone who can almost lead and build and manage that program. Um, so having a person responsible for that will help grow and manage uh, that whole thing as well from the outset, which is crucial. Um, and then I think having expect clear expectations on you know, what you're measuring. How do you measure success? How do you measure uh, for, for success for your business in terms of your business goals? How does experimentation feed into that? Um, how do you define program value? So what? how are you improving and scaling over time? So I think with those sort of core aspects, um, you're going to be in a good place to not only manage expectations, but also look at what needs to be done to change the way we're working today to be able to do more and more and more as we grow. Mm, fantastic. Thank you so much, Heather. And I guess, do you know what? I'm going to force you uh, I often do this and it's an annoying thing, really, but <laughs> if, if, um, if someone watching this, um, you know, uh, we were to give them one thing. So, you know, they're, they're right at the beginning of kind of thinking about exp an experimentation program. Um, they're right at the beginning, um, and they want to go and share one thing that they must do in their program. What would it be? Uh, Ooh, um, one pitfall to avoid or one thing they must do, or just something you think that is just like, the first thing that always comes to your head that people get wrong or that the successful businesses get right? Yeah, okay. So, I mean, I would say that um, I think having the, the top-down, bottom-up understanding of what it takes to be successful is a really important one. Um, mm. It is, you know, everyone from, oh, no, not everyone, but I think having some key stakeholders on the leadership side of things who are, you know, the the the, they hold the purse strings. They are the ones, you know, signing the checks and making the investments down to potentially someone even at the, the kind of doer level. Um, having at least one or two people in the leadership who are in your corner from day one, um, I think will be uh, will be key and will make things so much easier. I've seen um, many companies who have struggled with some of the other things I've touched on, but having that clear support and having having that 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 kind of almost flexibility of well, you know, budget's not going to be a problem. They're they're going to help me fight those battles when it comes to the the politicking. That's um, you know that's priceless in a way because that's just really what often. Um, blocks a lot of uh, a lot of the other things really you can only do so much so i would say that having someone on a, on a leadership side is is probably my biggest recommendation awesome yeah that's really interesting it almost makes me think like people watching this thinking yeah you know who, who are, have already bought into the idea of doing all of this um they need to just go and find that leader that maybe they already have a relationship with 
and you know yeah get it get it going with them before they maybe pitch the big idea to the whole sea level they can just maybe just start with that person exactly get them on board yeah and then they can help to sell it yeah. to everyone else yeah yeah because um, it is it is you've just bought something that's really expensive they've been part of that you'd want them to understand the process and yeah have that understanding to help you and I think that's that's definitely the number one thing I've seen which can be a big blocker further down yeah yeah absolutely um Heather again it's so interesting chatting to you thank you very much for your time um hopefully we'll do um we'll do some more soon um and yeah. thanks to everyone for tuning in um and if you haven't seen the first one of these we do with Heather do check that one out which uh, goes into the why experimentation is worth investing in um that's all we've got time for now so thanks very much and bye heather great thank you bye